Welcome to our podcast. The following episode originally aired as a video. You can find all our video episodes at www.thebreakthroughshow.com. Life gives us moments when we have the opportunity to make a choice. And what we choose has the potential to change our lives forever. Join us now for another inspired episode of The Breakthrough. And now, please welcome the creator and host of the show, Jessica Dugas. Welcome back to another episode of The Breakthrough Show, where we create the space for you to change the way you look at and live your life. I'm your host, Jessica Dugas, and I am super excited, as usual, as always, that you're with me for another episode today. I have a fabulous show lined up for you, and um, so be sure you stick around for all the goodness. Coming up later on the show, I'm finally sitting down with one of my favorites in the coaching space for entrepreneurs. Visiting us from Natural Born Coaches in the Coaching Jungle, Mark Mowinney is here. Here. But first up is a new friend of mine, another coach actually, who is an entrepreneur known as the confidence coach, who helps us to develop rock solid confidence and become vibrantly visible online. She also happens to be from Connecticut like me, which in my book makes her even more awesome. Please welcome Lisa Marie Peppy to the show. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on here um, because we did, we, I loved getting to know you and learning that you were from Connecticut. It's always like such a fun thing to find those synchronicities out about people, right? Oh, absolutely. It's such a, like a huge world, but it's really a small world when you start to connect with people. And I was just on the phone, uh, like a just, I don't even know, a half hour ago and somebody was taking my, my zip code down and they said, oh, you're in Connecticut. And I said, yeah. And they were like, yeah, I grew up there. And, you know, I don't even know where the person was now. So it is always fun. They're little, you know, like you said, you know, little divine synchronicities that happen. And yeah, it's great. Yes, absolutely. Well, start out by sharing with us, Lisa, something that's bringing you joy in your life right now. Well, there are a lot of things that are bringing me joy in spite of this being a very tumultuous <laughs> year. Um, just 2020 has been obviously difficult for so many. Um, and I've had a lot of hardship this year, a lot of loss and things like that. But I genuinely try to find joy in every day. And something that brings me a lot of joy every day is actually preparing for myself really wholesome, nutritious meals. Mm. And so I never take that for granted. I don't take for granted the fact that I can go and buy wholesome organic food, that I can um, stand on my own feet and cut up, you know, the, the vegetables and the fruits and the things that I put into my body. Um, I don't take any of that for granted because, you know, I mean, anything can happen to anybody at any given moment. Right. So I'm always grateful that I have at least really good nutrition and, and I love it. I savor it. I, I really enjoy eating. I'm not someone who's going to like sit, you know, stand over the sink <laughs> and like, like squabble down, like, you know, a Big Mac or something. Like I'm not right. that person. Food is like very sacred to me. Mm. And so I want to savor it. I want to like, I get excited every day for lunch <laughs> And I eat the same thing every day for lunch. Mm. But like a half hour before lunch, I'm like, oh boy, it's almost lunchtime, right? Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, it brings me a lot of joy. Um, it, it just does. And knowing that that's just my time where I'm really not double dipping. I'm not, 
trying to do a million things. I'm just appreciating the fact that I have this great food to eat. Mm, I love that. And it's, it can be such a lesson for us as entrepreneurs to do things like that for ourselves, because I think sometimes we get in this rut of we work at home and so we're here anyway. So we might as well eat at our desk and we might as well just keep working and not take a break and not, you know, savor the food and, and eat something enjoyable for us. I think we think going into the entrepreneur world that we're going to, um, we're going to do all the things for us. And that's not always what happens. And so that's such a good lesson, I think, for us to take. Yeah. And you would laugh, but my meal times are actually on my calendar. Mm-hmm. And so I have a little alarm that goes off. So I eat lunch at 1230 every day. And I know when it gets close to 1230, even if I'm not near, you know, the clock or anything, I don't even wear a watch, but on my phone, a little timer pops up and it's like, you know, in half hours lunch. And I'm like, woohoo, right? And so I have this timer on and I just put it on Monday through Sunday because I can't bother just, you know, every day and then take out certain days. No. So my boyfriend laughs at me because on the weekend, <laughs> my alarm goes off. It's like time to eat. And he's like, you really need to have that on your calendar. And I'm like, you don't understand, bro, what it's like <laughs> working at home, right? Like, You work for somebody else. And I know working for somebody else can be a real, you know, uh, pain in the ass at times. Right. But I mean, at least like, you know, there's a scheduled lunch break or there should be, let me put it that way. You know, there should be a scheduled lunch break. And for us, yeah, it's equally important that we put these things into our calendars because I know a lot of people who will sit at their desk all day long in front of the computer and just do entrepreneurial things. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the whole day and night is gone and they, you know, they walk away from the computer and they're starving and then they gobble down something unhealthy and it's a really bad cycle. So I, the minute I became an entrepreneur, I set my day up to get everything that was very important to me into the day. So Mm -hmm. exercise, um, prayer, meditation, journaling, like they're all blocked off in my calendar because otherwise I I would probably work like 20 hours a day, if not. Right. It's easy to do. It's easy easy. to do. I mean, especially when you get into being in the, the, more heart-centered entrepreneur space when you're like, when you just, you just want to change the world. So now we're going to spend 24 hours a day at the computer and we're going to do it, (laughs) you know, know. and we put ourselves aside and it's not. I know, I know. And it's like, this is what we left our regular jobs for because we weren't getting what we needed, right? You know, you were given, I mean, I used to teach and by the time you'd walk the kids down to the, like down to the lunchroom, get back to your classroom or the teacher's room, wherever you chose to eat, you had like six minutes to scoff down something. And then I need to go pick up the kids. Like, how is that healthy? Right. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for anybody. It's not good for digestion. It's just not good. Right. You know, or they skip lunch altogether because they have to go make photocopies. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like I left that on purpose Yeah. because I don't want (laughs) to eat that way. I don't want to wait eight hours to go to the bathroom because Mm. I'm too busy, you know, and can't get somebody to come watch the whole classroom. Right. Yeah. Well, now you're in this entrepreneur space and you're, as I mentioned in the beginning, you are working with people on their confidence and visibility. And um, I think this is something that's really important. I've met so many people who told me I I could never have, you know, a business for myself or I could never um, do a video show or do even a podcast or anything because I I just, you know, it's so, they feel like they're so vulnerable putting themselves out 
out there and they're not in that space of really feeling confident or feeling like they could be visible. How much do you think it takes a special kind of person to, to, to be in that space and feel confident enough? Or could you think anybody could do it if they worked on it? I do believe that you can definitely improve your confidence level. And I do believe that if you really wanted to do something like start a business, but you're telling yourself you can't because you're not confident and you're never going to, you know, get there. Um, I do also believe in self-fulfilling prophecies, right? So if you continue to tell yourself that, then that's exactly what will happen. You won't get there. But I am a living example that you can learn confidence and that you can overcome self-doubt and self-sabotage and negative um, thought patterns. You know, five years ago, six, seven, eight, ten years ago, I had a very, very poor perception of myself and did not like myself very much, was not confident, not in the way that I dressed, not in the way that I looked, not in the way that I interacted with people, not in the relationships I was in, not with the job I was in. I was literally like a shell of myself. Mm. And, you know, I know why. I mean, I was going through a really difficult period and, you know, I was clinically depressed, but I mean, if I can come through that and I can now show up and teach other people how to be confident, well, of course people can learn confidence. It's not something you're just born with or you're not, you know, you're not. I mean, it's not, it's not like a, like a hidden genius, you know, some people are right. just born like a, like a child prodigy that like plays the violin at three. Like that's something that's probably not going to get taught, right? That child just has that inclination to do that. But for most of us, like 99% of us, confidence can definitely be uh, worked on and uh, definitely built up. Right. Absolutely. I, I love that you share a little bit of the backstory about how you struggle. You weren't always confident. You weren't always sure of yourself. And I, I, the reason I love that so much is because people have said to me before, you know, Jessica, you're great on the show and you're great on camera. And I'm like, listen, you don't know <laughs> the years that I've had to train myself to, to put be able to put myself out there, to have mm -hmm. that confidence. And so um, I think that there's a special kind of relationship ability that you have um, to be able to relate to people on their level when you've been through it yourself, right? Agree a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, how could I sit up here and, and preach, oh, you can be more confident, just do this, you know, or do or follow these steps, do this every day. If I've never been on the opposite side of it, it's a little bit hypocritical actually, right? I'm not an expert at it because I studied it in a textbook. I'm an expert at it because I've been through it. And I know what it's like to be on the exact opposite side. And like you, people will look at me now and they're like, no way. Like you, you didn't feel good about yourself or like you didn't like yourself or you had negative, you know, thoughts about yourself. Yes, 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 yes. Like all of it. And I mean, I look back on it and I kind of feel sad sometimes when I think about how mean I was to myself. Yeah. You know, especially when I was having a hard time, I would beat myself up for beating myself up. Right. I mean, what is that? That's productive. That's nuts, right? Like I'd get mad at myself if I had like a panic attack. Yeah. Right? I'd get yeah. mad. I'd be like, oh, you're so stupid. How could you have like, how could you have another panic attack? That's crazy. Mm. But when you're in the thick of it and you don't feel very good about yourself, you're going to look for signs and things. You're not even aware of it, by the way, but you're going to look for the little signs that are just going to continue to reinforce how crappy you already feel about yourself. Right. 
But when you have a more positive outlook and you are feeling confident, you're going to look for more positive things and things that are going to make that your reality, right? So it's Mm -hmm. the lens through which we perceive our experiences, whether they're negative or positive. And then of course they need to fit into our current schema, right? Which is like, if this feels foreign, like if I'm in a depression, but yet something really happy happens, I'm not going to intend, like not, it's not even intentional, I guess it's unintentional, but I'm not even going to look at that and be like, oh, that was great. I'm going to be like, meh, that was all right, I guess. Yeah. Right. It's very different. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk for a minute about the visibility part of what you do because visibility can mean different things to different people. And so you'll see some people that that will say, you know, oh, I I go live once a month. I'm visible. Yay. And, you know, and then whereas I tend to... um, I tend, I, I tend to wonder if I'm visible enough when in reality I'm everywhere. <laughs> and so I'm always trying to add more things or go live one more place or put one more post out or do something like that. Is there some kind of like a textbook definition of what visibility actually is? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not. Because here's the thing, you know, there's a lot of theories, right? There's a lot of theories out there and visibility can mean so many different things. It can mean that if you're a blogger, you're writing your blog on a consistent basis and you're showing up in that capacity, right? It's not always a visual thing. Um, Sometimes, you know, if you're a good writer and that's what you want to do, like maybe you're pumping out blogs and you're pumping out, you know, articles or you're getting featured in some of the bigger, you know, well-known trade magazines, things Mm -hmm. like Forbes or Entrepreneur or something like that. Um, then there's this whole other side of social media, right? You can be visible on social media. And now with every platform, I mean, you're like TikToking, you're on Instagram, <laughs> you're, I mean, I mean, I think I made that up TikToking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you tried to be in all those places all the time, you would drive yourself nuts. Like right. they, there's just so many apps out there. So I always say like stick to one or two, possibly three, but stick to a couple that you're going to be really good at. Um, and share your content there, show up there. But then there's this other side of it too, which is like podcasting and video summits and getting featured in front of other people's audiences. Right. And those are the things that tend to get like archived essentially like online. So if you Google someone's name, oftentimes you'll see their social media, you know, pop up first, but if they've done all these other things as well, like write books and be featured in Huffington Post and get featured on Forbes or Entrepreneur. And they've been in all these summits and on podcasts, all that is going to pull up as well. So it's really a combination of all things. It's not just one thing. And I think it does depend on the audience. If your clientele or your people like to interact with you and they like your videos, do them then, do more videos. You know, um, if your audience is more like, hey, just we're good with you going one, you know, live once a month. That's all we have time for. Go with that. Right. right. But I don't think there's such a thing as being too <laughs> visible. <Yeah. laughs> it's funny because so, you know, no matter what you do in this space of, 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 social media and and your business in general, someone has an opinion um, and someone has the way that has been quote unquote proven to grow your business or, you know, grow your platform or whatever. And so it's so hard to, to, to weed that out and also start listening to your own 
intuition and your own audience and what they want and and just kind of I, I'm the Aquarius that's like, I'm setting my own path, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, don't tell me what I should be doing kind of thing. Um, so it's, but it's hard to, to filter that out with all the noise of, no, this is what you should be doing. No, this many hashtags. No, this is the platform you need to be on. Right. I know. And then we have the, the social media platforms telling us, I was just putting up a Facebook video and they changed their whole layout on the fan pages. Mm -hmm. And they were literally like, put some hashtags here so you can join a bigger movement. And I was like, really? Now you're telling me what to do. Like, it was funny to me, actually. I was like, okay, I've been using hashtags for the last six years on Facebook, but suddenly that's a thing now, right? Hashtags on Facebook are very big. People don't know that, but Facebook made them big all of a sudden and they're telling people to do it. So it's just funny, but I agree with you. Like when you said proven steps and it's like six proven steps to get you, you know, more clients, more money and more impact. Like it's just yeah. so cliche and cheesy at some point, yes. you know, the, the proven steps, like proven for who? The person who did it? Like, uh, you know, so, I mean, listen, I'm not bashing it because I probably have, <laughs> I probably have a freebie out there that's like proven steps on how to, yeah. you know, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to do what works with your life, with your lifestyle. Um, some people are great in front of the camera and they don't feel like they need any prep, right? They, they, like, they'll roll out of bed and get on camera. And I'm like, okay, that's cool for them. Like, yeah, I like, Hey, go for it. I need a, I need a little prep. Like I want to feel awake and you know, not have like crust in my eyes when I go live, <laughs> but yeah, know, he teaches them. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's definitely um, an individual experience. And I think it's probably wise to tell people that are that are trying to figure out what visibility looks like for them to say, yeah, there's lots of people with great advice out there. But also, you know, what do you want? Like, how do you want to be seen? What do you want to do? What does your audience want? You know, and because it's, it's noisy out there with all the advice. It's very noisy. It is. It is. Well, I know you mentioned in the beginning um, that, you know, there are things that, lots of things that you've been through in your life, which has made you a very resilient person, which leads me to what we're going to be talking about in the clip at the end. We're going to break really quickly. I'm going to come back in a minute and talk to Mark, and then we'll talk more with Lisa at the end. We'll be back in just a minute for more of the Breakthrough Show. Hey, Jessica Dugas here, creator, producer, and host of The Breakthrough Show. We have big goals here at the show in the desire to change the world one breakthrough show episode at a time. And honestly, we couldn't do it without you. We want to take this moment to give a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us to not only expand the show, but spread its message far and wide. If you're not a supporter yet, we would love to have you. You can choose any tier with tons of benefits at patreon.com slash the breakthrough show. We can't wait to have you part of our breakthrough show family. And now back to the show. All right. Welcome back to The Breakthrough Show. My special guest today, I feel like has been a long time coming. As an entrepreneur for the last 10 years, um, I get easily distracted by all of the shiny things in the entrepreneur world and, and all of the people that are in that space. And my guest today is one of the few coaches, four coaches that I love to follow for inspiration in my business and is the reason that I choose to provide daily content to my audience. He's a successful entrepreneur behind the Natural Born Coaches podcast the Coaching Jungle Facebook community, and his exclusive hard copy newsletter, Secret Coach Club. Please welcome my friend, Mark Mawinney, to the show. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Jessica. Thanks for having me. 
I'm so glad to finally have you here because we do we both do a lot of content. We're both out there very, very visible doing things all the time. And I love to have conversations with people who seems to seem to not run out of things to say, like, like I do. <laughs> do you ever yeah. run, run out of things to say? Well, things are so crazy, especially in 2020. <laughs> I always have something to say. <laughs> I find yeah. with content creation, uh, the more you do it, it's just like going to the gym. You're building mm -hmm. up your content creation muscles so it does get easier. So I find a lot of ideas hit me when I'm in the shower. Yeah. I now keep like a notepad on my, by my sink for when I'm getting out, jotting stuff down. And, uh, but I've also been at it since coaching online since 2014. Mm. I've been doing daily emails to my list since April of 2016. So, it, you know, that's, it's not like I've been doing it for a month or two. Now I have, right. I, I can cheat a little bit too, to be totally honest is sometimes if my brain's not firing in all cylinders, I could go back to something that I um, released or posted or emailed three mm -hmm. years ago, may have to tweak it a little bit. Uh, but then I could put it out there. I've never had anyone say, Hey, wait a minute, Mark, you emailed this to your <laughs> list uh, September 5th of, you know, t of, uh, 2017. That's just never happened. So yeah. Yeah, that's why it's important to get started with content creation today, because you're going to help your future self four or five years down the road. You're going to be able to go back and leverage the content that you're doing today. Right. And there's, there's all different ways of looking at things too. You could have said something three years ago and look at it now and have a different perspective or have had a new experience that adds to that. So I suppose that helps in the content creation world too. Yeah. Um, what is something that's bringing you joy in your life right now, Mark? Um, you know, it's funny because everyone's joking around about 2020 where it's been such a crazy year. <laughs> My business is actually up over 2019. And um, so I guess that's bringing me joy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like the majority of the coaching world that's running around like chickens with their heads cut off mm -hmm. now. And, uh, you know, they've got CNN on 24-7, keeping up with the daily ticker of deaths from COVID and everything yeah. else. Really, my business has stayed right on track. And I, I have to credit certain practices. Again, like you talked about content creation. I know that I'm doing my daily emails. I'm releasing my podcast every week. I'm doing my print newsletter. So I'm too busy to uh, have CNN on 24 seven. <laughs> Not that I would it's crap for the brain anyways, but I, I'm able to do what I have to do and stay on track. So really I'm grateful for that. I'm, um, I, I don't like to see people stressed out and scared to leave their homes and mm -hmm. chewing their fingernails off, but uh, I hope that coaches get their acts together in 2021. Yeah. I mean, have you been surprised by that sort of um, the, the panic in the, in the entrepreneur world? Because I, I've, so, I'm sort of like you where I've, our lives haven't really changed a whole lot in our household. We, we talked before the show that I've been homeschooling for several years and I work at home and um, other than, you know, my husband working outside the home and he comes home and tells me all the drama of the outside world, I guess. Um, that's the the only thing we've really that's been a little bit different but I, I was surprised to see how many how much freak out is going on in the in the entrepreneur world did it surprise you at all I don't want to get you in trouble if I get too political here you're gonna <laughs> get a bunch of hate mail <laughs> I um I was surprised by a number of influencers coaches entrepreneurs that uh, I thought were very smart that mm. um have totally lost their heads this year and are the types driving around in their car with masks on and probably wearing <laughs> them in their house and to bed and everything else. Uh, so <laughs> to be totally honest. So these are the same coaches that uh, pre previous this is, Hey, I'll help you push past your fears. And then they're um, putting on a, a, 
friggin' suit from like the movie E.T. and yeah. like, you know, the friggin' space suit to go get their mail at the end of the driveway. But they're going to help you push past your fears. Oh my gosh. It, there, there's a disconnect there. Yeah, for sure. And it's so funny because um, it really can be an addiction. Speaking of ET, we had Dee Wallace on in the beginning of the, earlier on in the season. And um, we were talking about her, uh, her experience in the in the horror genre mm. of film and how all of the movies she's done of more than 250 things, most of them have been horror genre because people like that I dare say they like being afraid because it's it it has all this adrenaline and um and I guess in the scientific world the the hormonal payoff from all of that so I think some people as much as I hate to say it are in their element <laughs> this year well and they, they like I do I'm not, I'm not saying everyone is that maybe subconsciously right, right. they are there are a lot of people that are I think getting off on this whole thing like hey it's yeah. and, and and you know I know it's fun we've uh, a lot of it's people have been doing their TikTok videos and they're getting quote free money from the government. They don't have to do much work and yay, yeah. but no, it's not, first of all, it's not free money. Um, <laughs> but also um, maybe we could get off TikTok, Netflix and stuff like that and get back to normal because life yeah. goes on. Um, so, you know, I know I sound harsh, but uh, I wasn't sounding like this back in March um, to the point now we're almost to the end of 2020. I'm like, okay, let's, yeah. you know, everyone, grow up and let's move on with life you know yes yes um so tell us a little bit you've been in the entrepreneur space for a long time you've been working with coaches for a long time what inspired you to do the work that you do how'd you get into it yeah so before coaching i spent about 10 years in real estate right out mm. of university build up a, a big real estate business i had about 100 employees agents and employees with me everything was going great and then 2009 hit so um, anyone who uh, pr probably knows when you hear either 2008, 2009 in real estate, you know where the story's going. Right. <laughs> but uh, everything collapsed. I went through um, not just one business closure, went through a couple in the span of a few years. And after a decade of uh, hockey stick growth, you know, just go, <laughs> it was grow, 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 no stumbles and uh, no. I, I shouldn't, I worked hard. It wasn't, I'm not going to say it was easy. I, I definitely worked hard through those 10 years, but never had any real uh, times when I tripped up and now all of a sudden everything collapsed. And there's a couple of years there that I thought that uh, maybe God was playing a trick on me. The universe was, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, had something, had it out for me. Cause I'm like, geez, what's going on? It went so well for so many years. Uh, and uh, that's where I got introduced to coaching. I basically realized I needed help. I could no longer be the lone wolf that I always prided myself on being, which I always did through my real estate years. And I actually got help back to my feet by several coaches, mentors who are still in my life uh, today. And that's where when I was ready to get back into business in 2014, that I thought, you know what, I, I've had a front row seat to what coaching can do. And this is, uh, would be an amazing business to do. And then I jumped in and, and here we are today. So that's kind of the Cliff Notes version <laughs> of it. But in a nutshell, I had no clue what coaching was for many years when I had my real estate business. I had an idea, but I'd never hired a coach or anything like that. And who knows if I'd had a coach, maybe it wouldn't have been such a spectacular uh, explosion uh, when everything happened uh, with, with all that mess. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I've never asked this question on the show before when I've had a coach on here, but here's a good opportunity. Um, do you, when you look back on your life growing up as a child, as a teenager in school, all of that, do you see parts of yourself as being a good coach? Like, do you see those qualities in yourself growing up? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I've heard a lot of coaches say, oh, I was such a good listener and I always uh, would let my friends in school would always talk to me and all that stuff. I'm, I've had to train myself to be a better listener. Mm. Um, I'm a talker. I like talking. So I think in some ways that's helped my coaching because I'm, and it helped me previous in my life with real estate is that um, I can market myself. I can promote myself. I'm not afraid of getting out there. Um, I've had, uh, thankfully you don't have my ex-wife on the show because she would <laughs> tell you about my listening skills. <laughs> um, I've gotten much better now with my current relationship. I think I'm much better listening. But no, to answer your question, I'm not what you'd consider if you mm. just looked at me back in, uh, you know, years ago or as a kid saying, oh, he should definitely be a coach. You know, I, I think my um, strengths as a coach is I've been through uh, some of those challenges that we talked about. I have the right. battle scars. I've had the uh, nights with no sleep and not knowing, you know, where, how you're going to payroll and going through having people at uh, attacking you from every which way and all that stuff. So I've gone through hell and come out the other side. So I, I do think that's made me a better coach with my clients because that, that's definitely helped with what I'm doing. Uh, but no, I'm not, um, uh, I've had to work on my listening mm. skills. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because the, the, the part of my, I, I mostly focus on the show and events and things like that with the show, but with, um, with my, the coaching part of, of, the other part of me, um, I do a lot with scheduling and so many people are like, Oh, you're so organized. You're so good with schedules. I'm like, listen, you don't understand what mm. I've had to teach myself in order to be able to get to the place where I am good at that. So I really relate to that part of, you know, I had to teach myself to be a good listener, to have these qualities in order to be the best coach that I can be for people that are listening. So I know that this is a question that I, I've actually seen come up in the coaching jungle before your community on Facebook. Um, what is the difference between being a coach or a mentor or a teacher? Is there any difference? What exactly is a coach? Well, I mean, my definition of coaching is really very um, uncomplicated. I guess it's simple. <laughs> it's helping people get from point A to point B. That's, mm. you know, it in a nutshell. So I know people will uh, go through uh, and we've had those discussions in the group, like you mentioned, where yeah. there's therapists and things that look at the past there's consultants that will go in and tell you what you have to do it's very mm -hmm. much paint by numbers or whatever um i've often said with what i do with my clients i've called it coach stalting before because i'm not the type that's going to sit back and let you just you know ask a question and for an hour just sit back and listen and that's it now if i think there's something you need to know I, i'm gonna um, definitely tell you and i've had people say well it's not pure coaching because you know there's the coaching snobs they've got like their noses up in the air yeah. like <laughs> you know, oh, how dare you or whatever. I'm like, well, call it whatever you want. I yeah. don't, you know, I care. I'm just there. I want to help my clients get results. Um, yes. And that, that should be the name of the game. I, I do think a lot of coaches spend too much time worrying about things like that. Uh, or you see them going through hundreds and hundreds of hours of certifications and, and stuff, but they've never worked with a real client, a paying client. And that's the best way that you can become a better coach is to work with paying clients. And the mm. more that you work with, the better. So yeah, I mean, that's my definition for coaching. You're helping people get from point A to point B. Now, obviously, there's certain things like asking powerful questions and stuff right. like that. But uh, in a nutshell, that's what I go with. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting because I tend to be a very um, an overthinker. Somebody I question a lot of things in my own mind, and so as we're as I've created my business and and tried to figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, you know, I'll call myself, I've called myself an intuitive mentor for a few years, just because I feel that I feel very much like that, where I, I want to help my clients 
do that, get from point A to point B. And it might look different depending on the person and what they need and what type of person they are. And so many people were like, oh, you did that. That's, that's not what that is. You're not a mentor or you're not this or you're not that. And then I'm like, oh, then I start the overthinking again. And am I doing there? And I, and I always have to go back to, it might not make sense to you, but it makes perfect sense to me. So <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know. Like I give myself, a, we, and we've talked about that on this show before where the title thing, I think you're right that people really do over speaking of overthinking, overthink that a lot. You know, mm. what, what exactly do you need to be called? Do you, do you ever, did you ever question, you know, your title as a coach or is it was all just been like, that's just what I do. Yeah, no, I just, um, anything that I've done, and this goes back to my past life with real estate, I've tended mm-hmm. just to um, jump in head first and not overthink things and not worry about having a perfect business plan for the, that's going to be, you know, for the next year, five years, 10 years, because that's pretty much impossible anyways. Right. So um, in a lot of ways, I would classify myself more as an entrepreneur. And I do think coaches are entrepreneurs. So whenever I meet a coach, you know, virtually meet a coach, I'll ask them, why did you start your coaching business? And I do that instead of asking, why did you become a coach? Now, at first glance, they sound like the exact same question, but they're actually very different. When I'm combining the words coaching and business, I'm uh, stressing that, hey, you're an entrepreneur. You know, why did you start your coaching business as opposed to why are you a coach? Mm. And I think that's why a lot of coaches struggles that they haven't got their heads wrapped around the fact that they're entrepreneurs. Um, Again, to go political, I think the other problem, a lot of them are like socialists or communists in a capitalist <laughs> system. And so that might be an issue. They hate capitalism, but then they're wondering why no one's paying them. But anyways, that's right. a whole other podcast. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, th- but they come from a background, maybe in HR, nursing, teaching, stuff like that, where they've never had to actually sell. And then, so um, what I do with my business is, okay, you, they already have the skills. Maybe they've gone through a coaching certification or they know how to coach. They can help people get results. I'm much more focused on the business side of it. Okay, how do you get clients coming through the door? Because uh, if you don't have paying clients, you're not a coach, you're a volunteer um, with it. You don't have a business. And you're not going to be able to stay in business for very long. So that's what I very much focus on. I make no bones about it is I'm focused on the business side of it you handle the the craft of coaching and stuff like that, but you got to get people coming through the door. Right, right. And I mean, I know that you are a big proponent for, for speaking your mind, for sharing who it is you actually are, you know, and, and saying how you feel about things and saying your opinion and sharing your knowledge without without worrying what other people are going to think. And I know that one of the things that you share often is with with putting yourself out there with not being afraid to say how you feel and so how how there's a lot of people in the in the spiritual development space that we have on this show who are like you said they're not focused on the i have a business it's like i just want to help people and they do the free calls and they do the the free free everything because attract all the business. That's how we law of attraction, you know? (laughs) So, um, so what do you have to say to, I mean, what, what is the, what is going to be the problem here? If we, if we're constantly doing everything for free because we quote unquote, just want to help people. Well, there's a saying Michael Beckwith from the secret said is uh, you can't, um, 
what was it? You can't light up the world if you can't pay your light bill hmm. or something like that to that effect. And uh, that's so true. So if you've got bill collectors calling and you can hear the phone going, you're supposed to be hopping on a coaching call. Uh, that's very difficult to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, what people need to realize is that you don't need a lot of coaching clients to have a very successful business. So you could tick off, there's what, 7.5 uh, billion people in the world. <laughs> you could okay. tick off 7 billion people in the world and still have a very large pool of potential clients to work with. And I think that's what people are afraid of. And they hang around what I call the mushy middle, where they mm-hmm. don't want to put out any email, any social media post any podcast or anything that could offend uh, anybody is so they just put out bland, boring stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said on the show before. I know you've done a lot of podcasts and stuff, but uh, what you really want to do is you want to um, get away from the mushy middle, put out strong opinions that elicit emotion, whether it be positive or negative, because then you're going to get, yeah, people crawling out of the woodwork and attacking you, but then your raving fans will defend you. And, um, and that's a much better approach than just being in the middle and no one knows who you are um, or what you're doing with it. So I've already hinted at a few things. Anyone who follows my stuff can tell probably, you know, some of my politics. They can tell some of that stuff. Um, I insulted communists before. I wouldn't work well with a communist, so I'm not trying to appeal to communists. Um, I wouldn't work well with a, with a hardcore socialist probably either, although I, I actually worked with a, a, one of my clients. It was funny. I didn't know her politics or whatever, and we're on a call one day and a video call, and she took a drink from her coffee mug, and it was a Bernie Sanders mug. Ah. And I was joking around with her. I said, what's that? And she was kind of cheap, and she goes, nothing or whatever. Um, and we actually got along well. But for the most part, if somebody's tweeting out a number eat or hashtag eat the rich and they're constantly <laughs> complaining about, you know, rich people are yeah, evil yeah. and all this other stuff, I don't want to work with them anyways. They're not my type of people. I want um, people who are, are positive about money and have good feelings about that, not mental blocks. I did a summit a few years back. It's been about five years now. And it was a, a, the first ever summit I've hosted. I don't think I'll host another one. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if you've hosted any, but I like being a guest, but not hosting them. Uh, but uh, it was called the Command Higher Coaching Fees Summit. And you would swear that, uh, I don't know, people thought it was Hitler for having a, a, a summit around increasing your coaching fees. Mm. And I had coaches say, well, that's, if you're in it for the money, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. And oh God, what a horrible thing. Right. And, you know, these were usually broke coaches that think you should be coaching barefoot in some village in Calcutta, you know, if, and that's, if you're not doing that, then you're somehow evil. And they were going on like as a cross between J.R. Ewing and Gordon Gecko, just because I think coaches <laughs> should be compensated well for what they do. Right. Um, but that, those are the type of people I want to work with, people who are feel good about money and not ones that uh, are very bitter towards successful people. Mm, that's definitely been been something that we've talked about often on this show too, is is some of you know the issues with money in in the entrepreneur world and how that how our our feelings and our thoughts and our experiences around money can really tie into whether or not we have any coming in. And it's something really important to look at, I think. Um, so this show is all about breakthroughs and do you have any moments in your entrepreneurial career that stick out to you as a, as a real breakthrough moment for you? Uh, breakthrough, I guess, uh, I will say those few years that I was traveling through the wilderness, I say between businesses, <laughs> um, I actually learned probably more in that time than I did in the previous 10 years of success. And so I, I guess that would be 
not a specific moment, but just overall looking at that period, I'd say to people when it comes to, uh, if you're going through a difficult time, you're going through a rough patch, you got challenges, stuff like that. Don't forget to look for the lessons that are in there. And I know it sounds cliche to say, if you're going through hell, keep going, you know, Churchill and all those. <laughs> I will recommend a book that I wish I knew about when I was going through those dark days and I didn't find it until I'd started coaching, uh, but it's called Thick Face, Black Heart. And it's probably my favorite book. I give it to all my clients. I give it to my print newsletter subscribers when they join and it's by Chin Ning Chu. And it's an excellent book, especially if you're going through a difficult time, but it's a very real, realistic book, I say, about human nature and everything else. It's not a light, fluffy, woo-woo type thing but I, I think any um, uh, entrepreneur certainly any coach should probably read it so thick mm -hmm. face black heart that sounds like an even just the title sounds like something that I know a lot of people can use because I think we do get very caught up in the opinions of other people, especially when we're just starting out in the entrepreneur world. It's so like it like I mentioned in, in introducing you today, the 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 it's a very noisy space, the entrepreneur world. Everybody's got advice. Everybody tells you what you should be doing. And it's hard to weed that out, I feel like sometimes. And especially when you're passionate about something and you put yourself out there. And the next thing you know, you get, you start, you, you maybe get those um, couple pieces of, of uh, harsh criticism and it can be a little bit tough to swallow and, and all of that. Um, so I thank you for that recommendation. I think that'll be, that'll be a good one for people to read. Add it to your reading list, everyone. Um, so we talk a lot on this show also about um, how people's breakdowns and breakthroughs in their personal life has has created or changed their business. Have you had anything that's happened in your business life that has helped you in your personal life? Mm. Well, I, I do think that business and personal life are intertwined. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, if you're not doing well in your personal life, it's probably going to be reflected in your business and then mm -hmm. vice versa. If your business isn't doing well, it's going to be tough to have everything perfect in your personal life too. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, there's nothing that comes to mind because <laughs> uh, I got a, a lot of things I learn every day. I mean, one of the things I do is I journal. Uh, I've been a avid journaler for uh, years and almost every day there's very few days that i'll miss and it's interesting i was actually going through some old journals the other day and from years ago and i was reading through them and i had you know little notes lesson learned this lesson learned that and uh, i thought that because i didn't even remember writing that mm -hmm. and i was like oh wow so uh I, that's actually motivated me to go through and look through uh, more to pull them together. But I actually did do a uh, recent issue of my print newsletter was around uh, Mark's rules, I call them. And uh, I listed 10 rules that I apply business, but also affects my personal life. And one of my big rules, which ties into your question is to uh, not be under the thumb of anybody is so uh, it, I, that for me, I've been there before with my real estate life and I don't want to be under the thumb of uh, whether it be uh, lenders, investors, uh, employees, bad clients, anything like that. I'm very big on freedom. And I think that that translates to personal life because I don't want to be with a partner <laughs> who I'm under her thumb. And then, you know, there's, it, it's like a dictator. So right now I'm knock on wood. I'm in a really good place, both <laughs> business and personal life and, and things are going well, but yeah, to, to answer your question, I think that there's definitely a lot of bleed over with um, uh, business and personal for sure. Mm, I, I agree. And I think, I think that um, so often we hear people trying to separate the two and keep them separate and try only, only mm. use this for this. And, and, and to me, 
it's kind of like doing both parts of your life a disservice because there's so many things in your entrepreneurial journey that you could apply to, you know, your personal life. And then, and then if you're not getting somewhat personal slash vulnerable slash opening up a little bit to your audience, do they actually know who they're working with yeah. is the question, right? Well, I, I do think that there's a, there is a um, definite line that you want to be uh, careful of when it uh, comes to being authentic. So I'm all for being authentic, sharing stories from your life and, and just opening up because you're right, that makes it interesting. I think some coaches go a little too far where they're sharing, oversharing and they're having a mental breakdown on social media. Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably seen these. There's been ones where you see someone in full meltdown mode yeah. and they're talking about, you know, oh my God, you know, my uh, spouse was cheating on me and here's a picture of his clothes burn on the front <laughs> yard <laughs> or all that. Um, one coach years ago, I remember, and uh, she helps, quote, helps uh, entrepreneurs get to seven figures and above. One day I open up my Facebook on my newsfeed, she shares a screenshot of her bank balance and it was something like $18.39 in her bank. And then, but she tried to spin it into, you know, yeah, things are a little tough now, but I've uh, come back before and I'll come back, uh, I, I'll do it again. And you can't keep me down. And they had a bunch of people, you go girl, you got this, all these other things. Uh, but I'm looking at, I'm like, you're in business, you got clients or potential clients on there and you're sharing $18 in your bank account, like that's a good thing. But mm. yet you're also saying you're helping people get over seven figures. There's definitely a disconnect there as well. So I'm not saying that, you know, um, try, not being a jerk, people go through rough times or whatever, but maybe get through that and then share the lessons as you get, after you get through it, right. not as you're going through it. If your husband cheated on you and he gave you an STD and you got 10 bucks in your bank account, we don't right. need to necessarily hear all that because you are still in business, right? And, right. and I think it's uh, important to be mindful of that. Right, right. Um, and it brings me to a, another good question, because this is something that we've mentioned a couple times, but in sort of a, a roundabout way on the show. Um, no, I take that back one time, it was pretty, pretty in depth with mm -hmm. that. Um, but it's, it's, you know, there are a lot of coaches out there. And when you're connecting with a lot of coaches, you see a lot of things on social media. And I often, and even me as a, a generally very positive glass half full kind of person, I will look at things and, and say, come on now, like your life isn't actually like that. Do you think that there's an element of, of quote unquote fakeness in the, in the coaching world that people often try to portray that they're, you know, earning six figures when maybe five, you know, almost yeah. six figures of that goes back to bills. <laughs> you know? Yeah. To answer your question, did bears shut in the woods? <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> their fakeness in the coaching world. Yes. And not saying all coaches are like that, but right. it definitely tends to draw a, a certain type of snake oil salesperson in there. So uh, people, it's funny because uh, sometimes uh, uh, I see them, they say, hey, I'm, I'm a seven-figure earner. No, they had one day where they made $3,000 and then they right. multiplied that by 365 days a year, but they're not making the $3,000 every single day with mm -hmm. it. Or they do, um, there's people who do big launches uh, and put all their money into ads and everything else with it. So they're left with a very small fraction of it but they talk about the gross revenue. Like, hey, right. um, 
you know, I'm a seven figure earner. Yeah. Okay. You grossed a million dollars last year, but you kept 100 or 200,000 in your pocket if that. So it's, uh, but yeah, there's definitely um, a fakeness in the online world. Uh, everything I do, I try to do the exact opposite of what most people are doing uh, <laughs> online uh, with coaches. And uh, that means that I look at everything that annoys me about the coaching world and I say, okay, I'm going to do the, the opposite. So that's actually not a bad piece of advice. Any business you're in is draw a, a line down middle of a page, a scrap of paper, left-hand side, put the normal stuff in your business that 99% of people are doing. And then on the exact opposite, the right-hand side of the page, put the, the opposite on there and, and then follow that. And I think that's something Dan Kennedy talked about before in his stuff, but I think it's a good exercise for all entrepreneurs. Mm, that's a great idea. It really is. And I tend to be a little bit more of the rebel anyway. So if you tell me to do something, I kind of want to do the other, <laughs> go the other <laughs> direction anyway, just because that's my personality. And Yolo, I don't mean to be the one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that's great advice. I wanted to ask you really quickly because I thought it would be a fun question. We had um, we had an author on the show, Dr. Adrienne McKeon, that um, that had wrote a she turned her journal into her memoir, and it, and it became and it became an amazing book. If your all of your journaling that you've ever done was turned into a memoir, what could people expect from reading that? Oh boys, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want all of it published. <laughs> We'd have to do some selective editing. But, uh, well, I, I think it's a, that's an interesting idea, you know, and mm -hmm. it's one of the advantages for journaling. Uh, what could people learn from it? I, I think my journaling process and my whole journey as well would sum up um, an acronym that Robin Sharma had in one of his books, KMF. And mm -hmm. KMF stands for Keep Moving Forward. So I've often joked I'm going to get that tattooed on my body somewhere, but... Um, <laughs> As an entrepreneur, you have to take that approach. It's why when I start working with a new coach, I'm very, I want to give them the real picture. I'm saying, hey, you're not going to make a million bucks in the next 30 days working five minutes a day. You know, you're going to go through some rough patches or whatever. And I'm not doing that to try to discourage them. It's just, I don't want it, them to be wearing rose colored glasses going right. into it because then when they don't make seven figures in their first month, they get discouraged or they get hit with some sort of curveball out of left field. And all of a sudden they're just, they're, they're really dejected and wanting to quit. If they know going into it, that it's going to be tough and they're going to go through some dark days and some sleepless nights, then it makes it much easier. So I think that's the advantage for me coming through the real estate experiences. I went through in, in real estate, it took me six months to get my business going mm -hmm. where I was working for probably the equivalent of third world wages. If I worked out how much does make it per hour, but then my real estate business got rolling. So when I started coaching as I rolled up my sleeves, I kind of told myself, okay, Mark, this can take a little while, you know, just like real estate, you got to prime the pump and then uh, it's going to eventually get rolling. So it allowed me to be patient to get that the business going for coaching mm -hmm. in there. So I just say to people, when you go into it, it's great to be positive. I like to think I'm a, a positive person or whatever, but don't go into it expecting everything to happen right away because, and anyone who says that you can make a million bucks in 30 days, work of five minutes a day, run away, run as fast yeah. <laughs> the other direction <laughs> as possible. 
Yeah, it's, it's true. And I love when people come on the show and are really honest about that and honest about the patience it takes and the time that it sometimes takes to build and grow your business. And um, I remember when we had Vikram Rajan, um, the owner of videosocials.net on, he, we were talking about, you know, videos going viral and people expecting their video to go viral. And he's like, listen, not everybody's a cat on a Roomba. It doesn't, <laughs> like, it's not necessarily going to be blow up, you know, in that kind of way. Um, but you can still, be effective and 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 have people that are your raving fans and all of that. I know that you grew. Um, the coaching jungle is huge. It's one of one of the biggest groups that I'm a part of on Facebook. I don't um, typically like a lot of the groups that are bigger because I feel like you almost drown, you drown a little bit in the sea. Um, but I, I love how much knowledge people have in your community. And you also have a mastermind as part of it. Um, would you tell us uh, who the group is for and also a little bit about the mastermind? Yeah, so the group is for coaches, aspiring coaches, anyone looking to have more success as a coach. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting because before I started the coaching jungle in 2015, I had another group that was just for past guests on my podcast. It was called the natural born coaches past guest group, really original name. Um, <laughs> so what had happened was I was uh, getting all these requests. We had a couple hundred people in there cause we're up to almost 700 episodes now. So at the time, I think there were 300 past guests in that group, but I kept getting all these requests from people to join it because they didn't notice the past guest part in the title. Mm. And I had to keep uh, telling them all, sorry, this is for people who've been on my podcast. Good luck. Um, after a while, enough of that, that happened enough times. I thought, hmm, maybe I should have a, a coaching group open to all coaches, not just past guests of my podcast. Right. And that's where the coaching jungle started. And that was in September, 2015. Uh, the coaching jungle mastermind I started at the beginning of 2020 and really, I've always wanted to do a mastermind group. I've been a member of masterminds and never run my own. I've run mm. tons of group coaching programs, but never a mastermind. And I said, I want to do something that takes it to the next level because a Facebook group's great. People can get a lot of good stuff in there, but you can only get so much from a Facebook group. Right. Uh, the, the mastermind is a small uh, group of people capped at eight coaches and myself per call uh, that meet up. They're providing accountability, support, helping to hit their goals and so on. And it's a true mastermind. People get hot seats every single call and uh, it's very candid. And I like to think effective <laughs> for what we're doing uh, where it's almost a year old now. So yeah, that's the difference between the two of them and uh, different levels of support, depending where people are on their journey. Mm, I love that. I think it's, I, it is hard, I think, in a large community to get that, um, to feel like you're, it's so much you're taking in. It's a lot of taking in of information. And it's like, at some point, and this is something that I have, I have gone, talked about till I'm blue in the face about like, look, you can take in all the information you want, but if you're not doing anything with it, there's no accountability, then are you actually learning anything? Are you actually using it to change your life, right? Yeah. Um, Facebook, I have a love-hate relationship with social media <laughs> and stuff. So I love that it's, it's helped. I've gotten a lot of business from it and I think that it's great there. I hate that it has the ability, if you're not careful, to pull you down the rabbit hole. Mm. You could easily waste um, far, tons of hours a day that you should be doing other stuff with. And it has um, the potential to also uh, distract, 
trigger you, uh, you know, send you off in different directions. Getting into political debates, I mentioned I, I love politics. Yes, mm -hmm. I have had debates on social media. I don't want to debate with someone who has way more time to kill than I do. Right. And I'm not going to have a chance to change your mind anyways. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten much better at not getting... Um, I, it's like Muhammad Ali used to have his rope-a-dope strategy where he used to like suck people in to get in down by the ropes. He'd just be relaxed on the ropes. They'd tire themselves out while they're swinging at him and stuff like that. There are a lot of people online who are trying to do rope-a-dope where they'll try to rope you into something to debate all day. And I just yeah. don't have the time or energy or patience to do that. So I'll make my opinions known. I don't mind if people have different opinions of me. That's what makes it interesting. Right. But I'm not going to spend 10 hours debating a Bernie Sanders supporter on why. Um, <laughs> Yeah, trying to convince him why capitalism is far superior to socialism because I probably won't be able to. So that's another show. That's another show, yeah. people. <laughs> but they're debate. They're debating me from Starbucks with their thousand dollar iPhone. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk about how capitalism sucks, and yeah. they don't. They don't understand the irony of that. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this, look, this year, frankly, has been full of ironic behavior and um, very. Uh, I think some people just don't realize you know, that their, that their actions and their beliefs don't exactly match, um, or what they say they believe, I should, I should say that. Um, so this is, this is really, I feel like 2020 has been the year to bring that all out of the woodwork, which is a fun time for people watchers like me. <laughs> well, the good news is 2021 should be better uh, for a lot of people. <laughs> so, um, there's that uh, when the camera or the calendar turns over, hopefully everything will be fine. But uh, the successful people, I think um, they may be frustrated by certain things in 2020 because uh, it's not fun if they have to wear a mask right. going into their favorite store and all that. But I don't think that they've been um, thrown off course as much. Or maybe they were uh, briefly back in March when everything started. Because mm -hmm. there were, let's face it, the first few weeks, everyone was like, what the heck's going on? Right. But then they, the successful ones were able to pivot and get back on track. I know a number of entrepreneurs who uh, their whole income just evaporated because they relied on speaking uh, mm -hmm. gigs. And now they've pivoted to doing uh, virtual events you know, and doing basically speaking from a virtual stage instead. Those are the people who I want to align myself with, not the people who are uh, just complaining like, oh, woe is right. me and, you know, blaming uh, this and that for failing. It's like, well, no, you can pivot, you can make adjustments, you can change and you can get through this. So right. it's been an interesting year. It's, um, <laughs> I, I, what I've said is uh, 2020 has revealed a lot of people. If you were a um, scared, timid person, insecure before 2020, then that's probably being revealed now, you know, right. and if you were, um, I think more confident and, and not, and more perhaps a risk taker and, uh, not, uh, swayed by the media as much. I think mm -hmm. that that's also being reflected in too. So it's had a way to expose a lot of people, positive and negative. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, Mark, this has been amazing. Would you tell everybody really quickly how they can find you? Of course, all of your information is in the show notes, but in case anybody's listening on pod on podcast, uh, how can they connect? with you sure so the facebook groups at coachingjungle.com uh, the mastermind that we talked about is at junglemastermind.com you can check out my podcast at naturalborncoaches.com and uh, all everything i'm doing all my offers and ways to help people that's at mark.coach and that's mark with a c mark.coach 
Mark.coach with a C. Remember that with a C. Yeah. <laughs> All yep. right, Mark, it has been amazing having you here. Um, I really have been looking forward to this for quite some time because like I said, in the in the noise of the coaching world, I feel like um, even with your even with your very strong uh, opinions and thoughts on different things, it's it's refreshing for someone like me who has a harder time um getting past that what are people going to say if i if i you know put my put my opinions out there and so i just want to thank you on a personal note for doing that as well because you're paving the way for those of us who have maybe been a little more timid to say no it's okay to be who i am yeah and thanks for having me on i appreciate it absolutely all right guys we're going to be back in just a minute for more of the breakthrough show did you know that the breakthrough show facebook page is home to more than just the breakthrough show We've got monthly shows we like to call Breakthrough Extras with more inspiring content to facilitate your next big breakthrough. Join Crystal Cockerham for one of those extras every third Thursday of the month for Ask Crystal. During this live show, you'll be able to call into the provided number or use the comment section of the video to ask Crystal to chime in and provide guidance on topics like transformation, the divine feminine, the sacred masculine, personal development, spiritual development, and so much more. Find out more information at thebreakthroughshow.com or tune in live this coming Thursday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern at facebook.com slash thebreakthroughshow or find the link in the show notes. And now back to The Breakthrough Show. Welcome back to The Breakthrough Show. Special thank you to my guest, Mark Mawinney, today for being with us and um, sharing all of his knowledge and expertise. I'm back now with Lisa Marie Pepe and uh, my, my friend from Connecticut, which is so nice to sit down with. We talked a lot about confidence and visibility at the beginning of the show. And um, we also mentioned that there's a lot of things that we go through and a lot of things that Lisa's been through. And I know that you have become quite resilient with all of it and have put that together into a brand new project that you've just come out with not long ago. Tell everybody about your new podcast. Yes. So I recently started a podcast um, and I call it the resiliency factor. And it has been one of the biggest challenges, greatest challenges I have faced in my entrepreneurial endeavors for sure, just because it's new. I've been on a ton of podcasts, but when you're on the other side of it, it's a little bit different. It's a lot bit different actually. And, um, but I'm loving it. I'm really, I'm speaking to amazing people. And then Jess, I know you're going to come on the show and just there's, it's an amazing experience all around, just learning how it works and realizing that it's another tool, you know, to really share your message and allow others to share their message as well. Because mm -hmm. I feel like what good is knowledge if it's not shared? Yes, yes, absolutely. The one thing I wanted to ask you today was that, um, you know, in doing this show about breakthroughs and sharing about other people's breakthrough moments and things that they've gone through in their lives, I feel like I've experienced even more breakthroughs and I've also um, found the joy in them and, and recognized that and created them myself. So my question for you is, do you think that this experience of running and, and creating and, and all of the episodes for the resiliency factor is going to help you to become more resilient even, even yes. Even yes. Because I had a complete <laughs> mini meltdown about <laughs> two weeks ago. 
and I was under the gun. I had a, I had a hard deadline and mm. it was supposed to be September 1st and it was the day before. And I'm working with my editor and my assistant to try to get everything, you know, edited and everything looking pristine and up and running and no glitches, just want everything submitted. And of course, there were a couple of things that just weren't going right. And I started to feel myself get a little bit panicky. And I haven't felt like that in years. Mm. That's the truth. Like I, you know, in terms of being able to sort of just calm myself through breath work and stuff, I'm a pretty low key kind of person. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I don't get stressed out about things like traffic. Oh, well, like, you know, broke my foot this year. I was like, mm, all right. Oh, well, I cried for like a minute. And then I was like, okay, we'll put the cast on. Let's go. Um, but all of a sudden I started to feel this like overwhelming and I was like, all right, listen, what's going on here? Right. So I had to like have a conversation with myself and I thought, okay, you're feeling uncomfortable, but why let's figure this out. Like in a hot minute, because I was not going to allow myself to go into like full blown anxiety. So I literally had to sit and just say, okay, this is new, right? Anything new challenges us. Even if it's positive new, it's going to challenge our status quo. It's going to, in, in some ways, threaten us, right? Threaten what we're used to. And as human beings, we all gravitate towards routine and wanting to know at least what the next step is or what we're going to be doing next. Now, I know there's a lot of folks out there who are like, no, I fly by the seat of my pants. That's great. I know that there are people out there like that. But by and large, many of us are people who we want some sense of security. We want to know sort of tomorrow when we wake up, we know like there's going to be food in the refrigerator, right? We're not one of those people that's just like, ah, whatever. Like, I don't know if there's food, whatever. If there is, there isn't, you know, we want security. And so I knew in that moment that that was threatening my security, right? Uh It was just a threat. Like this is new and probably in the underlying somewhere subconscious, it was probably saying like, what if you screw this up? What if it doesn't come out right? Like, right. And I could sort of feel that chatter. And so I just took a minute back and I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to allow myself just to feel it. Not going to get swallowed up by it. And sure enough, I really, I just listened to Brene Brown, if any of you know who she Mm -hmm. is. And she had talked about this thing called FFTs. And I'll have to keep it PG here, but FFTs are freaking first times, Mm -hmm. right? And so she was talking about this on her own podcast when she started a podcast a few weeks ago, a few months ago. And I thought, this is genius. This is an FFT. And she always says, if you just name what it is, it takes like the power away from it. Right. And that's what I did. So to answer your question, yes, this is making <laughs> me more resilient. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, cause I think it's such a, it's such a wonderful thing when we can, and this, this ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show about taking that meal time for yourself. But, but also, you know, when we're putting content out in the world, it's a beautiful thing when we're helping others and we're making the world a better place and we're putting good things out there, but isn't it such a beautiful symbiotic thing when it helps us and it's therapeutic to us throughout the whole process as well? Absolutely. I do feel that I'm in the place that I am now because of the work I do. Mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Well, I am sure excited to, um, to, 
see how far you come with, you know, when you're getting, when you're getting into, we've been doing this show since 2018 and I'm a different person now. I feel like since then, then when I started and I know that it'll be the same for you and you'll be, you'll be even more amazing and resilient on the other side of it. Right. Um, So tell everybody what they can, what they can expect on the show. You have good things coming, right? I do have a lot of good things coming. Um, We released the trailer episode, which is just me talking. Um, with a little music to it because you got to give it a little flair. And we released episode one, which was with my good friend, uh, Penny Chiasson, who's a hypnotherapist. And we talk all about uh, grief and how, you know, unresolved grief needs Mm. to be healed in order to move on and be successful in life and business. So it was a really good conversation. And I think I've got about 10 more recorded at this point um, and in a list of about 65 people that are waiting to be recorded. Um, So yeah, I've got episodes and they're (laughs) going to be coming. Um, And then of course, Jess, you're going to come on too. So yes, a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, It's all about resiliency and it's all about really personifying that resiliency. Like what does it actually look like in motion? Because for people, for some people, you know, it's something different. Mm. Um, But I like to, I like to talk about resiliency in motion. And the one thing that we do on the show is we do real raw unscripted, you know, um, very little editing. We might edit out a few ums and uhs, but we don't edit content, right? It's whatever the person says, if they say, this is what resiliency is to me, or this was my experience we let that roll because I want people to be authentic and feel like it's a safe space to talk Mm -hmm. about things. The work you're doing is so important in the world, Lisa, because I think that we get in our minds sometimes of what resiliency is supposed to look like. We'll see someone in our lives that we think is resilient and think to ourselves, well, I don't have that kind of resiliency or I don't have that kind of determination. And the fact is, is that it looks different for everyone. And so I love that you're highlighting that on the show. I love that there, there I, I could just know there's hundreds of people who are gonna be on your show and we'll get all of these different facets of what resiliency actually is. And I think that it's gonna give people hope and encouragement to get through whatever life throws at them. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you, Jess. Thank you for the work you're doing. This is an amazing program that you have. And I'm glad, I'm really glad and grateful that we met. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you being here and um, we will look forward to watching lots of, or listening to lots of episodes of the Resiliency Factor. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Breakthrough Show today. Special thank you to our amazing guests, Lisa Marie Pepe and Mark Mawinney. This has been such an incredible show. I'm always so honored and grateful and thankful and um and just in awe at the end of each show because I can walk away with having spent time with such amazing people. Coming up next week on The Breakthrough Show, we've got two guests that will leave you ready to go shopping for books and change your life. First, we're talking to an author who's going to blow the lid off your ideas about creativity. Robert Bell will be here. And we're also sitting down with a good friend of mine, author Cheryl Ford, who will be here to talk about her new inspired book, all this and more coming up next week on The Breakthrough Show. Thank you again for being here today. Please take a moment to rate, subscribe, comment, and share where available. And until next week, make every day a great day for a breakthrough. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Breakthrough. Please visit our website at www.thebreakthroughshow.com. And be sure to join our After the Breakthrough community powered by Patreon. We look forward to seeing you next week. Same time, same place for another inspiring episode.